The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Jaszewski for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Craig Horlbeck, and that's it. DK's on vacation. The Seahawks are playing the Giants on Monday Night Football this week, and DK literally left the country because he's cowering in fear, and DK, you're a coward if you're listening to this. Today, it is Power Hour. We are power ranking something every Wednesday, and today we are power ranking trade targets and sell-high candidates in fantasy football. Craig, it's like three weeks in. You look at the bottom of the standings, people 0-3, 1-2. You're like, all right, let's see if they want to shake things up. What is your intro text to someone who's like 0-3, 1-2 when you're trying to start a trade? Well, they usually always happen at about 1 a.m., so a good you up never fails. But I never thought about um, like, like a pickup line for a trade. That's funny. I, I yeah. remember, did you ever watch the show Masters None with Aziz Ansari on Netflix? Yes. Um. He had the best like like dating app pickup line. He would he would message his uh, the girls. He would say, "Headed to Whole Foods. Do you want me to pick you up anything?" And it was just like the most like casual like perfect intro line. So uh, once I figure out the perfect trade line, let me know. Email us if if you have the perfect trade pickup line. Wait, that's Lil Dicky. I I think this is in the show, Dave, but it's also in real life. His pickup line is, "What's your openness to being hit on right now?" Oh, yes. That's so good. He's like, are you at like a six? Are you at an eight? A two? <laughs> How comfortable are you right now being hit on? It's so good. That's incredible. We should just, just drop that on everyone in your league. Like, what's your openness to being low bold at a trade right now? <laughs> what's your openness to giving up Saquon right now? <laughs> All right. So we're going to go through. We're going to do this power hour style. Reminders about trading just in general. Again, a buy low. It's a fake buy low. A, a real buy low is if the person actually stares at the player on their team and regrets taking them. Like you have to actually be like, if you could redo the draft and be like, why did I freaking do that right there? Like, that's what you want. And then it's sell high. If it has to feel like you've given away a piece of yourself. Yeah. And one week is not enough to go after a star who has been underperforming because in, in the drafters eyes, you need at least two, probably even three weeks of disappointment for them to actually come to terms with the idea that this was a miss and they need to trade that guy. So right around week three and four is the perfect trade time. You need two, probably even three consecutive poor performances to actually be able to go get a guy as a buy low. It's kind of like stubbing your toe on a coffee table. The first thing you're like, stupid coffee table. And the second one, by the third time, you're like, I think I got to move that. (laughs) That's good. I haven't thought about it that way. So uh, who's who's your uh, stub toe this year? Mine's uh, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to mention anything about Darren Waller yet, but uh, he'll get better. I swear. I will say also just general things to do in trades. It's not rockets. It's kind of hard to complete, but the, make it like your life easier. If you want to get a trade done, figure out what you need and then what you can give away, which is very basic, but start with what you have more of. 
and then start with the teams at the bottom of the standings and just be like, what team is the opposite of you? Who, if you need running backs, who has too many and vice versa? Like, it's not hard. And then also if they started 0-3, maybe they don't need Deontay Johnson, who's like not going to come back till week seven. So like, you want to think of it that way. You want to find people who align with you either by positions or by time. Also, the truth of the matter is nobody likes to be lowballed. You don't like to be lowballed, so don't lowball somebody else. The truth of a real trade is that it has to be a good trade for both sides. Like, let's be honest. Most trades, you have to feel like you're compromising. You actually have to feel like you are giving up something that you don't want to give up in return for something that you desperately need. So a good trade is actually both sides win. And I think that's really hard to accept early on. Like everybody wants to be Daryl Morey, just like throwing out four shitty players for one good one. But in reality, a trade is not going to work unless both sides are happy. Yeah, unless you're lucky enough to have like, you know, a sucker in the league, in which case, you know, if you can't spot the sucker at the table in 30 minutes, then you're the sucker. But unless there's something going on like that, yeah, like it's, you can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. And also the more importantly is what not to do. Don't offer someone your three worst players for Justin Jefferson, just to like start the conversation. <laughs> and also don't the, the most transparently BS thing you can possibly do is when you're like, yeah, you should give me that guy. Cause he sucks. And I'll give you this guy. Cause he's great. Like, no, be like the easiest way to build trust is to selfishly explain how it helps your team. Because obviously you're not proposing anything that doesn't help you. So if you state it out loud, people actually trust you more. Again, what is your openness? How open yeah. are you? To, to, to trading Saquon Barkley. Just just be a straight shooter. People respect that. Let's get to this. We're going to power rank. Buy lows, sell highs. Entering week four. You're going to do this power style. If you haven't done this before, we're going to go through every couple minutes. We're going to change topics. You're going to hear this song. Incredible song, which we could not get cleared on Fiddle TV. So if you're on Fiddle TV, you'll hear something totally different. That's also excellent, but it's not our beloved Tom Tom Club. Excellent, but copyright free. <laughs> Excellent, wonderful copyright waves music or however that works. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. They didn't ask me. Okay. Without further ado, Craig, I have ranked. You sent me yours. I put mine in. I've ranked them. So if you don't like the order, you can yell at me. But Craig, you're going to start us off here. Number one, you had trading Raheem Mostert running back for the Dolphins, which I thought was a phenomenal sell high. <laughs> I mean, Just look, zag. he's the number one. He's the number one running back in fantasy football, and I could probably stop there, and that's a good enough argument, right? Like, he's 31 years old. The guy's been hurt his entire life, and he's coming off the greatest offensive game in NFL history. Probably, the, it'll never be higher. His price will never be higher. Yeah, I love that because also, I guess my question is, obviously, for Raheem Mostert, like, that's a sell high. Like, he's, what, he's 31? He's one of the older running backs in the entire league. He has a huge injury history. My only question is, does this extend to every Dolphin? Because again, selling the Dolphins while they're talking about it, like the, the 2007 Patriots is probably a good idea when everyone's looking around. So it's like, would you trade two away? Would you trade all of them or just most? I like two as a trade candidate as well, to be honest. I mean, th and th this sounds bad, but strictly because of the injury history. Tua, again, his value is never going to be higher. And if he gets one concussion, he's going to be out for a month. So the person who, you know, Tyreek Hill, because he's proven it and even without Tua, he can still be like a top five guy. I think the receivers, I'm not trading. But Raheem Mostert is 31 years old. He's got six rushing touchdowns. It's almost like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year. I'm not comparing the two or the offenses, but but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had like five or six touchdowns through three weeks. We recommended him as a sell high and that really paid off. Plus now, I mean, look, Mostert has a backup now breathing down his neck who's 10 years younger than him in, in Devon A-Chain. <laughs> You said 10 years younger. And I was like, wow, what an exaggeration. I'm like, no, he actually is. It's like nine and a half 31. years younger. That's crazy. Yeah. And also Jeff Wilson could come walk off IR. And also, yeah, it, Raheem Mostert, was, he it just hasn't stayed healthy. I think this is really smart. And again, like just shop around. It's the number, number one running back. Very hard to do. Nothing harder in fantasy football than to trade your player who is exceeding expectations. But you got to be shrewd. You got to be a businessman here. You, what, what is the Warren Buffett like? Buy when everyone else is selling, sell when everybody else is buying. You got to do that. Yeah. Be bold when others are fearful and fearful when others are bold yes. and everyone's like dolphin, including us are like dolphins best. Yeah. Smart. Okay. Next up here, you also had Bilo and Dak Prescott, Cowboys quarterback, which I love too. Yeah. I mean, Dak is averaging less fantasy points a game than Baker Mayfield and Josh Dobbs. Did you know that? <laughs> it's, it's the perfect time to buy in. If you go through the first three weeks of the season, it's just been 
uh, a comedy of of like unfortunate events for Dak. Week one, they played the Giants in the rain. They destroyed them. They ran in all three of their touchdowns and they destroyed them and he didn't need to throw the ball. Week two, they played the Jets, who might be the, one of the best defense defenses in the league. And he was honestly fantastic. He was 31 for 38, 250. Uh, and then week three, weird game, down three offensive linemen. He still threw for 250 yards at a touchdown. I wouldn't panic. The next five games coming up are all competitive teams. I think the Cowboys are going to be back and and throwing a lot. Um, and Dak will go back to his, you know, 28 to 32 touchdowns a year ways. And this is an easy time to buy in. I totally agree. This is the flip side of the, the Dolphins and everyone's freaking out that the Cowboys just lost to the Cardinals. And then also just the Cowboys defense being so good. People who have Dak are probably like, oh my God, what's wrong with the Cowboys? All this. But at the end of the day, like, they were down three linemen against the Cardinals, which I guess is an excuse for Dak, but we don't use it for CJ Stroud, but whatever. But it is true where the Cowboys, it just, they got hit right. And to your point, when Dak came back from that thumb injury last year, I think the Cowboys were literally the number one scoring offense in the entire league for the final 10 weeks of the season. So just because they have a great defense doesn't mean they're not going to put up a lot of points. I, Dak, I, Dak, if you have Dak, you probably reached for him thinking about how he's been this like really high passing volume guy the last few years. And you're probably looking around like, oh my God, did I, you know, I could have had Herbert if I'd gone around earlier. I could have had all these quarter, other quarterbacks if I had waited. There probably is buyer's remorse. I, I think he's extremely acquirable. Yeah, no one feels super strongly towards Dak Prescott. It's been so long. It was basically that 2020 season, the first four weeks when he was setting the world on fire and ready to set the passing record. That was the last time anybody felt anything for Dak Prescott. So look, people compare him to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is great in fantasy football. All right. Another zag while we're here. Yeah. Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, buy low. Wow. I I, wow. I thought I wrote this one down. So shout out to Elizabeth Fearman, who um, is a legend and helped plan our live show that we did in Washington, D.C. And she told me she, Elizabeth Fearman's really good at fantasy football. And she told me that in her favorite league, she cut Justin Fields this week, literally like released him. This was last week, actually. And I said, do you want to add him? What if he's good against the Chiefs? She's like, nope, I'm done. I'm she's like, I'm done with toxic people in my life. <laughs> OK. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the, I get it, right? Uh, there's no more toxic team right now than the Bears. Everything is going wrong. I mean, the damn stadium got robbed last week. Uh, how could it be going worse? <laughs> we didn't talk enough about that. How the Bears were robbed of $100,000. Meanwhile, the Bears are probably like, could you take Fields and our defensive coordinator too? Yeah, can you accidentally take Justin Fields and we can get the first pick of the draft? Um, so why so are you why are you, why are you buying back in? We, we suggested him as a buy low last week. He flopped once again. Why are you still in? Good. Number one, again, it's it's just like it's it's just it's just the buy low so high. And like again, it's not actually a buy low if everyone's like, yeah, this guy will bounce back. It's when everyone in the world is making fun of the Chicago Bears. You again, you can't Google the Bears without them being made fun of. And I look at it this way. Here's what's crazy. Justin Fields is super disappointing. I knew the thing you said about Dak being behind Dobbs and Baker Mayfield because Justin Fields is behind both of them. Justin Fields so far is the 21, 21st quarterback in fantasy. You know what's crazy? Through three weeks last year, he was worse. Three weeks into last season, Justin Fields was the 31st quarterback in fantasy. 31. There's only 32 teams. So basically, you know what I keep thinking of? There's a, I don't know who said this, but someone was like, it's never as good as it feels and it's never as bad as it seems, which I think is really good life mm -hmm. advice. It's not it's not going to keep being as bad as it feels right now for the Bears. And I'm just like from week eight to 18 last year, Justin Fields was behind. He was the quarterback four. he was behind Mahomes, Allen and Hurts. Great song. My overall point just being you don't pay for Justin Fields like he's a starter. I think you can acquire him like he's a backup quarterback because that's probably what he is. If he's on a team right now where someone has Geno Smith or Anthony Richardson or some other quarterback that they can plug in, they probably are thinking about cutting Justin Fields. Swoop in and have him be your backup and see what happens. Especially because there have been so many great late round quarterbacks this year that likely whoever drafted Justin Fields in like the fifth or sixth round has completely abandoned him and he's deep on their bench and now they're starting somebody like Jordan Love and they yes. should have no problem trading Justin Fields. Also, they're playing the Broncos who just gave up 70 points. So this is a perfect bounce back spot. And yeah, again, as bad as it feels, he was worse last year and ended up being a top four quarterback the rest of the way. So it's fair. He's actually it. currently still somehow second in the NFL in rushing yards at quarterback. It's insane. On that note, very similar one. Well, in fantasy, not in real life, but my other buy low, it's all the Jaguars. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, but mainly it's Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback. It's Calvin Ridley at receiver. And I don't know if he's really a buy low, but even Travis Etienne at running back, maybe it's just a buy medium, buy 
on the market for him. But overall, the Jags had a brutal week. They got their asses kicked by the Texans. Trevor Lawrence has been off in fantasy. He is, we, I mean, before the season, we had him behind Herbert, and now he is also behind Josh Dobbs and Baker Mayfield. Trevor Lawrence is. So, first of all, when I say that, does that feel, we, like, does it feel weird to say, like, by the, like, just being in on the Jaguars after they got their asses kicked by the Texans? No, because you're betting on talent. Like, this is a guy who was a tough eight quarterback to finish the season last year. And I mean, we've seen him do it. He's just incredibly streaky. He's almost like the Clay Thompson of quarterbacks. Like sometimes he'll have the quarter where he'll put up 32 and other times he'll throw two picks and can't get 20 yards and looks like the offense is completely broken. Uh, they're going to, uh, to London for the next two weeks, which is kind of the Jags like home court. And they're playing two games there. They'll be here for two weeks in London. So look, they're just too talented. They're, they're, they're somehow still healthy right now. Uh, they're getting their left tackle back. And this team's too talented. And I think what we saw in the second half of the Colts game is who they really are. You just can't take anything that happens in the first month and really take it seriously. Everything is a grain of salt in September. Uh, this team is too good. And Doug Peterson's too good of a coach. I think this is a great buy low. And the other one, Lawrence is barely ahead of Anthony Richardson fantasy points and Anthony Richardson split five quarters. But the thing is, Trevor Lawrence is actually playing well. I think that's the thing. Even though his numbers are there, he's playing well. Nate Tice, shout out Nate Tice at the, um, the Athletic. The Jaguars have lost 15 expected points just due to drop passes. 15. Yeah. That is the most point expected points lost due to drops through three weeks in, in four seasons. Yeah, I mean, look, he's still 10th in the league in passing yards right now. And I know nobody likes to hear this, but as somebody who has Trevor Lawrence on his long-running fantasy league, I'm, I'm watching every snap of his. The man has had like four touchdowns that have missed by... A blade of grass because Zay Jones couldn't get his foot down or Calvin yeah. Ridley couldn't get his foot down. He's only got three touchdowns this year. That's the problem. Yeah, and they had four in that Chiefs game. And also the drops that I mentioned doesn't mention that's those those plays where the all the guys were out of bounds by a combined four inches. Not drops. Those aren't even in it. So if you figure out yeah. those four touchdowns really could have been three with the 15 points of drops. We're talking about basically 20 or 25 points. If you add tw 21, call it three touchdowns. If you add 21 points to the Jags total, they go from like 21st in the league in points to top 10 tied with Kansas City. So that's basically where they're at. So I, I like all of them. Calvin Ridley too. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Next up here, Craig, you texted me Alvin Kamara running back for the Saints. And you actually didn't even write whether it was a buy low or sell high. And I'm curious because he's coming back and I'm and I'm going to guess. Are you saying to sell on Kamara or are you saying to buy? I, I guess sell. You, you'd be correct. Here's why I'm saying sell Alvin Kamara. His value will, will never be higher than right now, most likely. Think about it. He's like a mystery. He's like the family guy mystery box. It's like he could be anything. He could even be <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Well, look, he hasn't played in a while. Jameis is the quarterback now uh, for at least multiple weeks, uh, it looks like. We don't know if he's the same guy anymore. And, and in a lot of people's eyes, he still has the name brand value of Alvin Kamara. So if you can flip him right now for like a proven commodity, somebody who's who's playing well that people like, like a Josh Jacobs, I would probably say do it because we have no idea how this offense is even going to look with him. They haven't been able to put up 20 points a game even with Derek Carr. I have no idea how they're going to look with Jameis Winston. Um, he, he might, two weeks from now, would you be surprised if Alvin Kamara has 40 total yards of rushing, Jameis isn't throwing to him, and he looks like a complete bust? No. Not at all. But I do believe in science, Craig. What happened to our whole conversation this offseason where Kamara found out that his left leg was two pounds heavier than his right leg? I'm curious. Do you think he added two pounds in one leg or cut two pounds from the other? Dude, no, he did bulk burn, and he burned one and and bulked in the other. Oh, to, he, to he met in the middle. Him. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually, that, that makes the most sense. How do you work out? How do you do that? How do you work out the one? Also, how, how do you weigh the leg? Um, look, I have no idea. But you, well, you can just do lunges on, on one leg and not the other, right? Yeah, that's true. I guess that's the easy part. I guess I'm wondering, what's the weighing of the leg process? <sighs> it's like, you know, when you buy like meat at the grocery store and they lay it on the scale? I think that's just one of those, yeah. but for humans. But then how do you, like your legs connected to your body though? Look, man. So like, how do you do that? I don't know. Who knows? I think this you sounds like mean? a dumb question, but it's not. Yeah, but couldn't you? Interesting. I Kai, reset really the know. timer. You... I'm gonna, we're going to spend two minutes on this. Could you subtract the weight of the rest of your body from your leg? And that's how you would determine the weight of the leg. But still, you don't know really how the weight distributes. If you, you can't isolate the leg truly. <laughs> this is like Die Hard with a Vengeance when they get the they have to defuse a bomb by solving the riddle. If you have a three-gallon jug and a five-gallon jug, and you have to fill up the four-gallon jug. Like, you have a two-pound like leg. when they asked us. It's just like when they asked us how much, a t how many gallons can fit in a 10 gallon hat yesterday. 
Oh, we got the answer to that. Monday show. Wait, wait, hold on. We got an email from, wait, we, I, I thought we knew the Luis. answer. It was like point, point no. 0.75 gallons. Yes, but we got an email about why it's called a 10 gallon hout from Luis. 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 It's because I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. I'm sorry, but tan gallon in Spanish. I don't know exactly to say it, but tan gallon in Spanish means how handsome. And so it was just a bunch of like American people, like totally butcher it. Just taking this like tan gallon butchering the Spanish and until it sounded like 10 gallon and then Americans and then three generations go by whatever and idiot Americans like us think it's a literal 10 gallon hat. It's just Spanish for pretty hat. Oh, so it was just a, a good looking hat. That's what t- 10 gallon yeah, it's just like, it just oh, means like tan cool gallon, like a how, like how handsome. And I think they called it like the how handsome <laughs> hat. And then they're like, and the Americans wow. are like 10 gallons. How many gallons can Alvin Kamara fit in his left leg versus right? That's the real question. Okay, that's a oh, wow. That's but really though, like how do they measure the leg? Like I'm I'm serious. Like how do you like I, I, I like what is the process to make sure you're putting the right amount of pressure? Am I the only one that thinks this is like a actual how do you measure that? Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have an answer on how they measured the leg. If you're Alvin Kamara's trainer, I'm sure you're listening. Please reach out. But anyway, sell high on Kamara. You never even really gave me your thoughts on that, but do you, did you like that? Yeah, no, I actually think it's good because you're the person acquiring him is going to acquire him as if he's good. So if Kamara comes back and he's good, then you got a good trade. And if he's bad, then you did well. So there's plenty of players you already know are good or bad. Kamara, you don't know yet. So if you can trade for a guy you already know is having a good year, like Travis Etienne, to me, it makes sense. Yeah, it could even be a boat. All right, next next one I hear, I got to buy low. I, I, this is just a theme. I'm just doing all the teams that are disgusting. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson on the Jets, but mostly Brees Hall and Wilson, whatever you can get. It's really simple. Buy low? Uh, You're saying buy low? I just wanted to make sure low. you didn't Could it misspeak. get lower? Okay. Yeah, could it get lower? Oh, that's the thing. It, again, if you think I'm crazy, it's not a buy low unless the players are kind of gross and disgusting. Like, there's a reason that these are all discounted players. But also, I mean, as if you needed to know, Jets rank last in points, yards, passing yards, first downs, third down conversion rate, expected points added. So that's chill. Here's the thing. Brees Hall suck because he's not on the field and Zach Wilson's the worst quarterback of the decade. But Brees Hall is okay. playing more now, and I think Zach Wilson's going to get benched. And I could go into that more, but that's the essence of it. Um, I don't. Is he going to get benched though? Like Sala keeps saying yes. over and over, he keeps reiterating, "This is our unquestioned Be- starter." Because Sala can't. Here's. It's really simple. It's like Sala can't undermine him while he's still the quarterback. And for whatever I reason, I get it. You GM, have to say that until you find a replacement, and then you say, "Hey, sorry, Zach, it's business." I understand like the optics of it and what you're supposed to do from a PR standpoint, but. I, I'm not confident they're going to be able to find anybody to bring in, to be honest. So, <laughs> I, I, I don't know who that would be. They signed Trevor Simeon and Trevor Simeon sucks. And I'm not saying he's good. I, I still think they do trade for someone. However, I'll say this. This is the most mind-blowing stat. This is from Rich Simeone at ESPN, who has incredible stats on the Jets quarterbacks. Uh, so basically, Rich Simeone had this thing on basically how Zach Wilson, even when the offensive line does its job, Zach Wilson's the worst quarterback of the league. And on plays where the defense fails to record a pass rush win, so the offensive line blocked, everyone blocked and did their job. Zach Wilson has the worst QBR in the NFL on those plays and the worst completion percentage in the NFL out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks. And his QBR, when, in good, when the offensive line wins, is 7.6 out of 100. 7 out of 100. The average is 70, which means Zach Wilson's 10 times worse than every other quarterback when the blocking is good. So would you rather buy low on Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson? To me, Brees Hall, because he's he's independent of the quarterback. I think Brees degree. for that reason, and also because Brees was eased in because of the ACL injury recovery. He played like a third of the snaps the first two weeks. Week three is already up to 50% of the snaps. So, and Dalvin Cook is going down, which Dalvin Cook's bad. Brees Hall's good. Brees Hall's first two carries this season went for, what, a hundred, it's a rich rebar, 109 yards in his first two carries. His next 24 carries went 45 yards. So if you have Brees Hall, you thought you hit magic in the first carry of the year. And now you're like, oh my God. And you're hit up. The person is Brees Hall might not even be playing him anymore. And I think three weeks from now, we'd be like, oh, thank God the Jets got, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett and Trevor Simeon. I guess. Times are tough. Brees Hall, two catches right now through three games also. I don't think you have to pay very much. That's fair. 
Look, this is a true buy low. That, that, I like that this is on the list. I mean, you have it six. This isn't number one. So let's say again, remember fair. how Joe Flacco taking over, he did the opposite of Zach Wilson. He kept checking the freaking ball down. And then suddenly Tyler Conklin was a top 10 tight end and Elijah Moore was relevant. Like depending on the quarterback that takes over for Zach, what if they check down a breeze all the freaking time? Like there's a huge variation here that could happen. And again, I don't think you have to spend very much. You're talking me into it. I'm not going to lie. Well, that's a problem. Also, huge disclaimer on all of my thoughts. Someone emailed in to say that uh, because of the high fit going on this year, that all my buy lows are probably sell lows just because I'm probably cursing all these players as I talk about them. But well, no, the good thing is, is you should, you can't put hex on Brees Hall because he already just tore his ACL last year. So I feel like that's your move as you go after the guys who well, are coming off of season ending injuries. If you tear an ACL, you actually are not, you can't get hurt again. That's the rule. Right. That's true. The Parlay. other knee like is impervious. The, it's the other knee is too strong. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's like parlay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which knee? Parlay. Which leg do you think weighs more on Brees? Is it the ACL knee or is it the other? Oh, one? it's got to be the other one, right? Because the ACL knee like atrophies or whatever. I mean, like Joe Burrow's but, or, legs but then do not you, weigh the same. But then do you overcompensate and you work out the injured leg even more? Huh. Oh, and maybe the muscles. Kind of like how Dewan Blair has no ACLs, but his quads are so strong that they like it yes, didn't matter. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a good question. Wow. So maybe the ACL knee does. No, no, no. It, the, the injured knee doesn't weigh more. That's crazy. Is it? What's more likely? Does, does the same ACL tear more likely than the other f- new, fresh, healthy ACL tears? I don't know. Well, actually, come to, I guess what you're really asking is how do they fix an ACL? And I actually have no idea. Is it like Tommy John? Are you, I don't know how Tommy John works. Do you? Well, the top, well, Tommy John, they just take your they get a dead guy's your leg. Is it from the dead guy? I thought so. I don't know, actually. You're telling me someone has to die to fix a pitcher's elbow? Is that yes? Is that I didn't you get really? You, they get a 22 year old kid's <laughs> ligament and put it in your elbow. Is what I thought. Honestly, is that wrong? Wait, so what, you're telling me? So I'm an organ donor. You're telling me that like if I like be if I die and I'm in an organ donor situation, like my ligament could just like go to Garrett Cole one day. I can I I love if you could what? specify that on your organ donor uh, <laughs> uh, application. Can I say I'd only like to go? I'd like my body to be tested to see if it's good enough for athletes. Not for the Boston Red Sox. Earmarks in my will. <laughs> no oh Ravens, please. There are definitely a bunch of lawyers and doctors listening to this right now, being like, I can't even count all the factual errors in this conversation. What a, you know? You know. What? Anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm now, I'm now looking into this. Yeah, we got to figure this out. Uh, Tom Tom, wow, never been. I don't know if we've ever disrespected Tom Tom more. <laughs> Guys, start, I don't know what time we're on now. Josh Jacobs, running back for the Raiders. You said this last week, Craig. We talked about this, and Josh Jacobs sucked again. Are you <laughs> coping? I'm going back to the well because I'm 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 you know much like Brandon Staley. I, I'm trusting the analytics. You know what I mean? This guy is still seeing elite usage, and eventually, this is going to break loose. If you look at the Raiders in general, Avin Levitin tweeted this. Uh, Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers, and Josh Jacobs have played two games together this year because Jacoby missed week two with a head injury. But in those in those two games, the three of those guys have played together. They've combined for 95 of the offense's 107 opportunities. They are only giving the ball to the three of these players. And at running back, it is just Josh Jacobs. The man is fourth in snap percentage. He's eighth in touches. He's sixth in target share. He's getting a ton of receiving work. He's just 27th in points. Right now, they're just not moving the ball. But the the same thing happened last year. Through the first three weeks of the season last year, he did not have a game with over 70 rushing yards. And he ended up with over 1,600 on the season. So I'm still advising you to stay patient and trust the process here. So you tell me the Raiders are now doing the Dolphins pass it to the Italians' offense. Yes, they are. And it kind of worked against the, the Steelers. I mean, they were they were close. Devontae Adams had, what, 170 yards and two touchdowns? Um, so I'm trusting the process with Josh Jacobs. I still think he's a buy low. I don't think he's washed. Maybe he's getting back into shape. The guy's only 25 years old and he didn't play training camp. Uh, let's let's write off September. I think you're right. I think it's funny. I like the idea of playing yourself into shape is something that I I kind of just think about like NBA players in the 80s when they actually had like other jobs, but you're right. Like and it, it it is true. It's funny to think about the Raiders being a funnel offense like the Dolphins because it's the only thing they have in common with the golf Dolphins, but you're right. Also, they're playing the Chargers this week. If if any, if there's any get right matchup, uh, Chargers Raiders games are the most entertaining games of the year. Josh Jacobs averages over 100 yards a game against the Chargers. You're, yeah.
yeah, that's a really good case. If there's any game where Josh Jacobs is going to have like that Joe Mixon, like, oh, he sucked. And they had five touchdowns and would be against the Chargers. Yes. Very Chargers thing. All right. Yes. That's a good call. Also, the theme here is basically all the players who were top 50 picks that are now going. If like the person who has them like deeply regrets taking them, like just swoop and see what happens. The next one we got here. You texted me Puka yeah, Nakua. Baby. And I also was wondering, is this a buy low because he had a bad night last night? Or is this a sell high because you're kind of out and Cooper Cup's coming back? It's a buy low. And it's a bummer he had that late catch for 30 yards because he would have he would have been an even better buy low. But if you're thinking at home, like he's not a buy low, he's a top 10 receiver in the league. I'm saying you 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 acquire Puka Nakua the week before Cooper Cup comes back. Whenever it's announced, he's on IR. He could be back, what, week five? Whenever Cooper Cup is coming back, that is when I think you should acquire Puka Nakua. Because I think right now, everybody's accepting the narrative that this is like a one-month fantasy fling and that you'll just dump him and mm. he'll be irrelevant once Cup comes back. But he's not Cup. He's Robert Woods. And Robert Woods and Cooper Cup thrive together and can both be top options on this team. So I'm actually saying you go after Puka Nakua when Cooper Cup is about to come back. I like this. Like literally as soon as Schefter tweets that Cooper Cup is expected to be activated off IR, you, sh you text the Puka to person. So here's the one question though, because this is a guy that frankly, most people had probably never even heard of until week one. And then now it's on waivers. Yeah. So when you say buy low, I think more than anyone, this is important. What does buy low mean? And I'm curious, who is, who are the players that you would give up? Let me receivers. Sometimes it's weird to go through like the same position, but that's probably helpful now. It's kind of hard to pull off that, but we'll start with receivers right now. Would you trade? I'm going to go with bad and then go for good. So like Josh Palmer from the Chargers is like uh, for replacing Mike Williams. Obviously, yes, right? But working the way up, I think Gabe Davis, obviously you take Puka Nakua, right? Yeah. DJ Moore on the Bears. Oh, I'd way rather have Puka. My God. Okay. Garrett Wilson. Well, these are really hard players. What Nico Collins on the Texans. Would you give up Nico Collins uh, for Puka Nakua? I think I would. Chris Godwin or Puka Nakua? I think I'd rather have Puka Nakua. I mean, he's essentially the Chris Godwin. Uh, he'll become the Chris Godwin of the Rams. And I'd rather Matt Stafford and Sean McVay than Baker Mayfield. Michael Pittman, who has been very good and is the Josh Jacobs of this year. I was so off on Pittman, man. I was so down on him. Like part of me thinks he's a sell high, but I'm kind of basing that just on me wanting to be right in my preseason analysis. So part of me wants to say I'd still, I'd take Puka Nakua over Michael Pittman just because I don't trust the Richardson Pittman thing, but it's been good for three weeks. So that that's close. Pittman's the only player this year is eight catches in every game. I almost think I, this trade, this buy low on Puka might work better only if your team is not full of sharps. Like if you, if everyone's really tapped in, it might be hard to do this, but if you're playing with a bunch of guys who are like, oh great, Cooper Cup is back. Puka Nakua is going to stink now because everybody on Twitter has been saying, oh, Puka Nakua is, is actually the next Cooper Cup. And he, you know, he's taking Cooper Cup's role. Those are the, the, the types of leagues where I think you can pull this trade off. Well, the flip, honestly, it's interesting to see what happens when Cup returns. Cause at the end of the day, Puka Nakua is so high because he's getting 35 or like 40% of their target, like an insane number of the Rams, like the percentage of the Rams passing game is, I mean, basically it's three-fifths going to Puka Nakua and Tutu. So when Cooper Cup returns, is Cooper Cup not going to be as good as we think? And if you have him, should you trade him? Or are you saying that Puka Nakua will drop? Like, because the volume is propelling him. So basically I'm wondering who is the person that will be disappointing going forward, Cooper Cup or Nakua? Or are we saying they're both going to like sustain this? Because that I, I think that probably not based on the way the Rams looked last night. I mean, look, Puka's not going to sustain the paces on now, but my point is, is I'm saying he can be Robert Woods and they use him like Robert Woods. He's not being used like Cooper Cup. So I think both can exist happily in the same uh, universe. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com.
This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. I'm doing it again. I'm going back to the well. Next buy, Kai, start the clock. Trade for Kyle Pitts. Falcons tight end. I don't care. I mean it. Have you learned nothing in the last two years? Two years. We're talking about basically a season and a half. He's done nothing. I will say amid my research for this, again, it's not a buy low unless it's kind of gross. You stick your hands in the mud. You want to get, you want to break it. You got to get dirty here. What's the, yeah, can't make an omelet. You got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah, exactly. All right. I will say, am I concerned that Donald Parham Jr. for the Chargers has as many touchdowns this month as Kyle Pitts does in his entire career? Yes, a little. This is one of those things, you know, when like you're preparing for a show or you're kind of trying to figure out an angle on something and you come up with an idea that you think makes sense. And then you actually start getting into the research and you realize, yeah, you know what? My argument's not as strong as I want it to be. And you're like, do I force this or do I not force this? That's what I feel like in the Kyle Pitts case is every single week. No, I agree. No, it it is. I feel you because when you look into it and you're like, Kyle Pitts is tied in fantasy points with Pharaoh Brown, who has two catches this year, Uh, which is Kyle Pitts is like 16 more yards than Jonu Smith, who's the other tight end of the Falcons. So, yeah, that's all bad. And again, I have all the same reservations. The reason I didn't want anyone to draft Kyle Pitts this year, because I still don't think Desmond Ritter is an NFL quarterback. I don't think Arthur Smith likes Kyle Pitts. I don't even know if Kyle Pitts is fully healthy or recovered from this MCL injury. However, here's the difference. I think he's basically free. And this is the same argument I made last week is it's no skin off your butt. If you, again, the joke was last week, you could trade Josh Reynolds for him and it'd be too much. Now that Josh Reynolds had zero points, you probably could trade Josh Reynolds for Kyle Pitts now. Like, that's where we're at. Sure. That's where we're at. But I I think it's still like having him on your bench is not fun to me. Like, even if he's free, practically, I don't understand what that really does for you. Because let's say you have, I don't know, Pat Fryermuth or you have Sam Laporta. Kyle Pitts is going to need to, to to have four straight great games for you to actually start him. And all, if he because he, if he has one great game, then you're going to be stuck with that dilemma of like, will they, won't they? And it's the worst place to be in. Having Kyle Pitts is is terrible in every way because unless he becomes Rob Gronkowski, you're never going to want to play him. I actually went last. I, I went through and looked at his game log last year because I was I was thinking about Kyle Pitts for this episode. This is how it went. I want to run through, I know we're disrespecting Tom Tom. I want to run through his games and I guarantee you this is what fantasy managers were going through. These were like the seven stages of grief as a Kyle Pitts owner here. So week one, he has 19 yards and you're like, all right, it's still Kyle Pitts. He's coming off in a thousand yard season, right? So you start him again. Week two, 19 yards again. And you go, okay, you know what? Maybe this is over. I sit him. Week three, 87 yards. And you go, great. The first two weeks were a fluke. I'm back. Week four, 25 yards. And you go, okay, I'm an idiot. Week five, he's hurt. Doesn't play. Week six, you're like, all right, I guess I'll start him. 19 yards and a touchdown. Start him again. Week seven, nine yards. You're like, fuck it, I'm out officially. I'm benching him. Week eight, 80 yards and a touchdown. Great, I'm back in. Next week, 27 yards. You're like, I'm officially out. Next week, 28. Week after that, 43. Then he tears his MCL. The roller coaster I- of Kyle Pitts is not a fun ride. I don't disagree with anything you've just said. And I know there are a lot of people listening who are probably like, what is wrong with Heifetz? I thought this was a bit last week. He's serious. Here's my thing. There's no argument that Kadarius Tony's worth keeping on your bench that Kyle Pitts isn't because it's the same thing. This guy's like a supreme athlete situation. Honestly, it comes down to this. Like it comes down completely to this. I think if the Falcons lose another game or two, I think Taylor Heineke very easily could replace Desmond Ritter at quarterback. And we've seen Taylor Heineke actually get fantasy production and force the ball to guys more than Desmond Ritter. And I think Taylor Heineke's turned like, you know, McLaurin and people have had success with him. And I think all it would take is a little spark. And then Kyle Pitts, after like all these years of disappointment, could kind of like the faucet could just turn on. I don't know if that's going to happen. What I'm saying is you could probably give up like A.J. Dillon and get him. And A.J. Dillon might get like the third running back on the Packers. That's all. I'm just saying the only thing worse than... All we've gone through with Kyle Pitts would be then him being good for someone else. That's all. Having Kyle Pitts on your team is like trying to go on a diet and walking around with Sour Patch Kids in your pocket. It's just not a good idea. You don't need that temptation on you at all times. That's a really, you know what? That 
Wow. All right, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's ninth right. on this list, so it's fine. Yeah, whatever. Next up, I, I just, last one here. Wow, that was I just like I got clocked. All right, next one. Kai, start the clock. Really simple, the hamstring boys. Cooper yeah. Cup and Christian Watson, who basically haven't played this season because of hamstring. I mentioned Cooper Cup. Honestly, I don't know what the deal with Cooper Cup is. This is more of like a price check thing. I, I, it's less specific advice. There is no price on Cooper Cup that we can be like, he's worth this. If the person who has him is 0-3 and we don't know if he's going to come back after the four weeks, then like, okay, yeah, go get him. I kind of think if you are 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh and you want to just like take a moonshot, see if Cooper, what team Cooper Cup's on and see if they're panicking about him. If the person's like holding strong and not willing to give him up, like don't pay too much, but basically do a check-in. The person I'm intrigued by is Christian Watson. He probably, person probably played a top 50, 60 pick for him. Hasn't played yet. Uh, Craig, as I throw that out, does that strike you as insane or smart to go and get Christian Watson when he hasn't played? I like the Christian Watson one more than the Cooper Cup one. To me, people who drafted Cooper Cup have been planning on waiting for him to come back. They 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 knew he was hurt when they drafted him. Most likely, Watson is different. He he kind of was. He he's been out. I think a lot longer than people expected. As Cup is getting closer to returning, I think it's going to be hard to convince somebody to give up on them after they've already waited three or four weeks for him. They did all the work already. Yeah, happiness is just reality minus expectations and your expectations for Cooper Cup were high. And then, but once he went on IR, they were very low and then he's getting closer and closer and you're happy. And Watson, the questionable turning to out each week just makes you more and more upset. So I agree with that. The, like, the reason I think that Watson's good though, this Graham Barfield at Fantasy Points made a great point. First of all, Jordan Love has been fantastic, but they've been doing it without Watson. But Jordan Love's throwing it deeper than any quarterback this year. His average, Jordan Love's average pass is going more than 10 yards downfield. And then he's throwing it deep more than every quarterback in the league, except two people. So he's throwing it deep. He's like, on average, he's taking deep shots over 20 yards. Christian Watson's just kind of a perfect fit for what the Packers are doing. So I, I just think when he comes back, he's going to be good. And whoever has him sick of him. Great song. Yeah, I, I just also like what the, the Packers offense just, it, it seems like they're all still so young and getting to know each other. They're like a bunch of friends who like just got to college and they're all living in the dorms together. Like their, their chemistry is only going to get way better as the year goes on. I love that. The Packers are just the first semester friend group and you're like, wow, like they have so much time ahead of them. Yeah, like they're still, they like, they just followed each other on social media. They're still looking through their Instagrams. Like they're still getting their bearings, you know? So by come November, I mean, half the time in college, once Thanksgiving rolls around, like you've created such strong friendships from college that you've practically like not moved on from your high school friends, but like it takes a semester in college. And then you're like, these are my new friends for life. Brutal. I mean, do you have high school friends who listen to the show right now that are going to be upset about uh, that? My best man was a high school friend. So I, I still, I, I keep both around, you know? It's the one who goes into mock drafts and takes kickers first just to mess with people. Yeah, that's right. It's a hilarious move. Shout out, Chris. Yeah, I, I remember I walked up to Chris and DK and within five minutes, they were talking about Bryce Ford Wheaton in a dynasty draft. I was like, oh my God, wow. I see how Craig ended up on the show. <laughs> uh, all right. Shouts out, Chris. Love you, Chris. <laughs> all right. That's all we got for Power Hour. Time for some emails in just a second here. But first, time for Fantasy Court, baby. Woo! Today's fantasy court is brought to you by Jack Link's Protein Snacks. Game day isn't the same without snacks. So feed your wild side with Jack Link's beef jerky and beef stick. Shop now at jacklinks.com or find at your local retailer. Craig, how exciting is this? Be beef sticks is what I called my buddy Chris in high school. That was his nickname. So this is great. I'm, I'm really excited to be partnering here with, with Jack Link's. Incredible. Honestly, shout out Jack Links forever. You have our loyalty forever. All right. Fantasy Court is in session. All right. Maybe Real Court should have sponsors. Uh, this this one's uh, the plaintiff here is Ryan. Ryan. All right. This is, I wish DK was here for this one. I started a fantasy league with my family this year. And Ryan says, since my nephews are finally old enough to have a rooting interest, we did this fantasy league. I wanted a way to keep more in touch with my family since we're not that close geographically. And in order to keep it the league to an even number of teams, my brother shares a team with his youngest son and the oldest son has his own team. So it's a dad and the younger brother. And you know, the oldest son has his own. my brother is trying to complete a trade with his son. And I like, so the dad's doing a trade with his son's team. And he says, I think the trade is drastically lopsided. 
as the commissioner, I don't want to be a dictator, but here's the trade. The dad is getting Ken Walker and Josh Allen, and the son is getting James Cook and Joe Burrow. So you could pretty <laughs> easily argue, you know, a yeah. better running back and a better quarterback. And Ryan writes, in addition, I got a text this morning asking if I thought the trade was fair. I think from the oldest son. And the son wanted more. And the dad, who's the guy's brother, the dad was being a stickler about like the trade. And I, as the commissioner, agreed that the trade probably wasn't fair and that I would say no if it was offered to me. A few hours later, the trade goes through. Mm. And my question is, as commissioner, do I do anything here? My brother has a history of being hyper competitive. I can totally see him pressuring his son into helping out his team, <laughs> even though that's not fair. How old is this kid? Do we think? Is he 12? Uh, How old is he? I think it's I think it's like 12. And his dad is just like trying to pull one over on him. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you, sh you should, if this person's over 18 and you get ripped off, that's on you. But if you're a minor, you yeah. can't rip off a minor in a fantasy The kid trade. can't drive or legally work. No, and he shouldn't be able to legally make trades without oversight. So look, you, I think yeah. if you're the commissioner, if you're this guy, you got to let it go because you don't want your brother to freak out and turn it into a whole thing. But in the future here, maybe if you make a trade with like, you know, your nephew or your son, we take it to a league-wide vote, maybe? Majority rules? Because maybe this son just thinks Joe Burrow is really cool and he's just trading for him. That's honestly my guess. That's the thing. If the kid wants to... But the kid bringing up reservations to his uncle, like, I think my dad's ripping me off. I mean, also, you know, this is just an extension of... Remember we had all everyone email us about dads who wouldn't let them win at anything, like in basketball or video games or whatever, and dads just going out of their way. This is just the fantasy football version of I'm going to dominate my child. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but also I get it. You know what I mean? It's like, imagine this yeah. guy's like talking to his wife, like, yeah, I just ripped off Billy. He gave me Josh Allen and Ken Walker for a hurt Joe Burrow and James Cook. Uh, yeah, you got to let this one go, though. What are you going to do? Are you going to create family drama over a fantasy football trade? Imagine everybody else who's not in this league that's in your family having to deal with this in the group texts. I don't think so. It's not worth it. Holidays are coming up. You got to let this go. <laughs> I, I I think I'm kind of like, wow, how could you do that to your son? But then when, like, I wish DK were here because once you're in that situation, I'd be like, yo, dude, I'm going to rock this kid. I'm going to let my son beat hey, me at Hey, sorry, no son. Learning experience. You know what I mean? Don't yeah, take like, any wooden nickels. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're letting this through? I think we let this through. What are we going to say? What, what does what the does mom think? Do we bring the mom in? Is the mom in the league? I don't know. I think we should figure that out. And also if the mom's like, I think, I think the mom doesn't need to know any of the details to fix. She could sniff out pretty quickly, whether the husband's. Here's the thing. Do I right? think this trade's bullshit? Yes, I do. But do I think there's anything you can do about it and keep the peace in the family? I don't think so. What, what could you possibly do to reverse this trade yeah. and make everybody might make happy? It worse for the kid. The son will, the son will be worse. Also, especially if the James Cook ends up being good, that'll be annoying. Um, all right. Well, let it through, but keep an eye on, you know, the kids next 10 years or so. All right, we got another one here from um, David. David. I received an unprompted text from one of my league mates offering a trade. I replied yes, and I put the trade through on our fantasy platform. I offered it. Hour goes by, trades rejected. The owner in question claims they developed cold feet. Is a texted trade binding and the acceptance in the platform a formality, or is the trade not a trade until they hit accept in the platform? This is a phenomenal question, and... I, I have a personal relationship to this case. So perhaps I, I'm an, I, I can't be an impartial juror here. Um, I, I personally feel like what goes on over text is, is non-substantial. It is not real that the platform, hitting accept on the platform is the official uh, agreement of a trade and that everything that happens over text is, you know, it's fairy dust. It's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's just talking. You, you, you don't know what you're saying. Clicking accept on Yahoo, ESPN, whatever your platform is. To me, you are allowed to back out. You are allowed to back out and get cold feet until you hit the accept button in Yahoo. What do you think? I totally agree with you. I totally agree yeah. with you. I think the one thing to keep in mind is that if you do a fantasy league with people over time, the last thing you want to be at all is the guy who lowballs everyone. Like this boy who cried. I'll give you like three worst players to Justin Jefferson. And so when people cringe, but the other thing you don't want to do is 
this kind of person. So don't offer anything unless you mean it, because it is nice when you actually get a relationship where you can lock in a trade over text and feel they're going to accept it. But you're right that nothing is done until it goes through. So I'm sorry, David, you got got. Yeah, this is just shitty. I I agree with you. Like the guy who does, if you do this all the time, nobody's going to like you and nobody's going to want to trade with you. But look, just be, if the guy's honest and he's like, hey, sorry, I thought about it. I got cold feet. I backed out. Just kind of an unfortunate situation. All right, today's Fantasy Core is brought to you by Jack Links. We've all got a wild side. Feed it with Jack Links beef jerky and beef sticks, the perfect go-to snack for game day and beyond. Made with 100% beef and no BS. That's BS is in bad stuff. Shop now at jacklinks.com or find it at your local retailer. All right, we got some emails. A lot of you emailed us in. Players uh, from college football that would be better today in the NFL now that like Tank Dell mm. and all these small people can play. People who emailed us. Pat White, that old uh, West Virginia yeah. quarterback who was Reggie Bush. Yeah, Reggie Bush was already kind of good for a little while, but I, I see what they mean there. The other one, someone emailed in and said John Ross on the Miami Dolphins. I mean, isn't he still in the league? We can make that happen. Oh, yeah, we could. Just, yeah, I guess he could just sign there. That's fair. <laughs> Dennis uh, Dixon on Oregon. Remember him? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and like LaMichael James. Oh, all those guys. Kenyon Barner. Oh, my God. My, the list that I, I, I spent a little time on this, but my immediate list was Percy Harvin. I mean, I guess he had injuries too, but I feel like he would, people would have a better idea. Like on the Falcons, I guess actually we'd be frustrated. Percy Harvin on the Niners? It's essentially Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah. Percy Harvin on the Niners. Percy was awesome. I loved Percy. He was amazing. The other ones I had, I had Vince Young, Troy Smith, and Terrell Pryor all probably have better NFL careers now. I just saw a clip today of Terrell Pryor. He has the longest quarterback run of all time. He had like a 92-yard touchdown run. On a, on a, yeah, I remember that. The Steelers, Steelers kind of just didn't know read options were a thing in like 2009. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all, all these like mobile quarterbacks who were before their time, it's a bummer for them. Vince Young had this, um, I think like a 21 point comeback or something against the Giants. And I remember thinking like this was like going to be the greatest quarterback I'd ever and, like freaking Matthias Kiwanuka like just jumped and he like pump faked five yards past the line of scrimmage. And I was like, tackle him. And they just couldn't bring him down. Like defensive ends were like, he was... Almost like a, uh, could could we have made Jamarcus Russell work today or no? Is that too far? I think the problem was um, the uh, associated habits surrounding the game of football were the issue for good old Jamarcus. All right, maybe just in red zone packages. They sent Jamarcus Russell home with blank game tapes to see if he noticed, and you're like blank CDs, ironically. But they were, um, and he came back and he just pretended he had watched the film. I mean, doesn't Tyreek Hill say he's never watched tape or he doesn't study film? He just shows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, you know, he said he plays Madden. Tyreek Hill plays Madden. And like, he's like, they, so he can figure out the quarterback's awareness. You know, when you're Tyreek Hill, you can do that. But that's, he's probably the only say, player yeah, in the league the, who can get away with that. Yeah, the fastest player in the league can be like, yeah, guys, this is super easy. Why do you guys even watch this stuff? It's like, it's literally like the Happy Gilmore drive when he just like hits a hole in one on a par four. And he's like, why don't I just do that every time? Like, why do I even hit the green off the tee? That's Tyreek Hill. He's like, I'll just run past everybody. All right, wait, before we do more emails, I have to ask, did you see the video of Mac Jones doing the sack whack on Sauce Gardner? Yes, I did. The video is not great quality. You can't, unless I missed an angle, you can't really see him hit Sauce in the nuts. But you, but because there's too many people around. But I, I don't know. Have you used a Pruder film? That, he was on really the ground for like... Well, the people, who, the reporters there say he was, Sauce was on the ground for like 45 seconds after that, like on a knee, but not yeah. tended to by trainers. And they were like, what's going on? I, Mac Jones is low-key like Grayson Allen for football. Yeah, yeah, he is. Somebody tweeted, I think it was a Stephen Ruiz. Somebody was like, it's a, it's a shock he didn't go to Duke, <laughs> Mac Jones. He has such <laughs> Duke vibes. It's true. Uh, I guess Bama's like Duke now. Um, who's the last dirty quarterback on the field? Like who else is in, on this list? Wow, other dirty quarterbacks. Oh my god. Like I know people always used to say, like, you know, Heinz Ward was kind of dirty, is like in blocking, but like who are the dirty quarterbacks out there? That's a really good question. I don't know. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you've learned. Like there's shit talkers, I know. Like I think Philip Rivers used to talk a bunch of shit, but like I don't know about like dirty, like pulling people's jerseys or like untying their shoes or poking them in the eyes and, and Well Rivers Rivers is G rated. How much can you really talk shit in the NFL when you're using like golly unironically? He talks like Solak does. Sometimes those insults hurt more, you know? It's like when a little it's like when a six year old <laughs> kid just walks up to you and he's like it's like that John Mullaney joke. Like kids are brutally honest when they they're just like, You have weird hips. <laughs> and you're like, oh, damn it. That was the thing I was sensitive about. 
Or like the the most demoralizing was Andrew Luck complimenting everyone. He's like, good hit. And they're like, dude, I thought I like knocked him out of the game. And he was like laughing. He's like, nice job. That's what Damn. Mahomes does. We learned from quarterback is he compliments people who hit him just because he wants to, he wants to essentially like subconsciously affect them to the point where they, they might subconsciously ease up on him because he's a nice guy. Incredible. All right. We got emails about the Super Bowl halftime show with Usher. You talking about Usher? Mm-hmm. First of all, Boone said I'm 23 years old and I mainly know Usher is the guy who mentored Justin Bieber, which really was tough. Kai, Kai, is that a burner? That's Kai's burner. Don't worry, folks. That's just Kai's burner. Kai goes by Boone. I didn't know that. Boone Fieri doesn't have the same ring to it. All right. This one's crazy. Rob. 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 On the Sunday recap pod this week, Danny said that, oh my God, by Usher is not really a good enough song to perform at the Super Bowl halftime show, but that he'll have to do it because there's not a lot of bangers. I wanted to inform you that Usher has already performed, oh my God, at the Super Bowl halftime show, but that the show is completely abominable. We've all quietly agreed to remove it from our collective memory. And then I watched the video. It was the Black Eyed Peas one in 2011 when the Packers beat the Steelers and Fergie was grinding on Slash and they did like Sweet Child of Mine and Usher descends from the ceiling and I rewatched the video and he stands on the stage and he does, oh my God, with Will I Am and it's like so unremarkable. But it happened. Wow. That whole era of music, like when the Black Eyed Peas, this was like right at the end of the Black Eyed Peas run. And this was like big pop group, synchronized dancing, futuristic performances. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, do you think he'll do Oh My God again? I, I guess you, you probably can, right? It's been t- it's been 12 years. I rewatched it. I'm sure. I don't know. Super forgettable. Like I rewatched it. I'm like, yeah, no wonder I don't remember this. It's not, it wouldn't even be good for like the VMAs. Never mind the Super Bowl. I'd rather the Black Eyed Peas perform again than Usher, to be honest. I'd rather them just throw it back and let's go full nostalgia. Play I Got a Feeling. Yeah, they're back. I will say the Black Eyed Peas were tough live, like listening to it. I, I actually would have preferred them lip syncing. <laughs> it was brutal to watch. Yeah. Pop rap is hard at that scale, I think. I, yeah, it's, you know what? Not everyone's Rihanna. Let's put it that way. Also, yeah, that, that was like right at, before they like broke up, I think. I think like 2011. I, I don't think they made an album from 2011 to 2018. I think Fergie left right around then. And then Fergie has now lived on in infamy because of the famous national anthem at the Warriors game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's probably not getting a, probably not getting another shot after that. <laughs> That's like trading for Kyle Pitts, like having Fergie sing the national anthem again. They're like, you want to do that again? We'll see who Usher brings out. I doubt he goes solo. I'm calling it now. I'm saying over under two and a half guests. I'll take the over. I think that's smart. That's all we got. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Kai. Thank you, Intern Jack. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, everyone behind the scenes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Go to fantasyfootball.thereer.com. We will have our rankings for week four up on Thursday. So we help you for Thursday Night Football. This will be there all weekend. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm doing it again, right? Do you want to do music this time or do you want oh, me to yeah. go? Band. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, we're still not prepared for this. Thank you. Black Eyed Peas. Dude, I got a feeling all time pregame song, all time party yeah. bus before you go to the bar. It's just an absolute banger and it'll never die. And I stand by it. Black Eyed Peas feels, I, I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Black Eyed Peas, I think is the, in Green Day are the two bands that I feel like were the biggest part of my childhood in the early 2000s that have zero cultural impact left and no one talks about. Like they're the biggest, I'm not saying that they're the biggest, but they were the two biggest that have no remnants. Like Shrek, there's all this nostalgia for. Andre 3000 has like all this nostalgia, but like no one talks about Black Eyed Peas or like Green Day anymore. I think it's because I don't think people ever thought they were cool in the moment. Like we accepted that they were making hits and we liked them, but I don't think anybody was like, man, the Black Eyed Peas are cool. I don't know anybody who thought the Black Eyed Peas were their favorite band. I gave you a bill, if I offered you a billion dollars, could you name the other two dudes in Black Eyed Peas other than Will I Am and Fergie? Taboo and Apple D App. Really? Yeah. Well, all right. I, all right well, I don't have a billion dollars, so. <laughs> well, you owe me Are something you, now. How did you do that? I just knew them. I don't know. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take it back. <laughs> Apple D App. So, Apple D App. It's like APL dot yeah. DE dot AP or something. Yeah. And it's all lowercase, like Will I Am. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like Will I Am does. All right. Goodbye, everyone.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 